Welcome to Engage the Word with Elizabeth Rodriguez, a podcast created to equip and encourage you to pursue God by engaging His Word. I'm your host, Elizabeth Rodriguez. I want to start out today by saying that even though I don't know who is listening, the podcast platforms I'm using do provide demographic information such as age, gender, and geographic location. It blows me away that I have listeners not only across the United States, but also in Canada, the UK, y también at least one listener in Colombia. Muchísimas gracias por escuchar. Que Dios te bendiga. Only God could do this, right? So I just praise the Lord for each and every one of you who is listening, and I pray that he will bless you abundantly as you pursue him. It's difficult for me to articulate how grateful I am that God has provided this opportunity to glorify Christ by sharing my love for him and my love for his word. If you find these podcasts helpful, please be sure to like and subscribe on whatever platform you're using. I encourage you to leave a comment or feedback for me in the Q&A section and share this podcast with anyone you think would enjoy listening. Just so you know, if you are on Facebook, I did create a page for this podcast. You can like, follow, comment, and share Engage the Word with Elizabeth Rodriguez anytime. Okay, enough of that. On to today's topic, answering when God calls. This has been on my mind for weeks. I am co-leading a women's Bible study at my church this semester, and we decided to call this study Women of the Bible, A Legacy of Faith and God's Grace. Essentially, we're taking a closer look at the lives of faithful women in both the Old Testament and the New Testament. The Bible gives us a definition for faith. In Hebrews 11, verses 1, 2, and 6, it says, Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. For by faith the people of old received their commendation. And without faith it is impossible to please God. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. Hebrews 11 is known as the Hall of Faith. It is a list of men and women who chose to believe God, responding to his call and their circumstances with faith and obedience. This is God's assessment of their lives, which is quite encouraging when you read their stories in Scripture and realize that they were ordinary imperfect, sinful people, just like us, but they had extraordinary faith. What's more, Hebrews 11.13 tells us that many of them died in faith, not having received the things promised, but having seen them and greeted them from afar. Many of those listed in the chapter did not know or get to see the fruit of their faith. Still, simply put, not seeing, they saw. These people of faith looked beyond themselves and their circumstances. They trusted God and answered when he called. Consider Genesis 12, for example. 
This passage never ceases to amaze me. Follow along in your Bible, on your device, or just listen as I read. Genesis 12, verses 1 through 4a. God's word says, Now the Lord said to Abram, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. And I will make of you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great, so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and him who dishonors you I will curse. And in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So Abram went as the Lord had told him. Okay, I love God. Just in case anyone in the future questioned the magnitude of Abram's, or also known as Abraham, if anyone questioned the magnitude of Abraham's faith or had any doubts about how much information he actually had when God called him, God confirms in Hebrews 11. Look at Hebrews 11 verses 8 through 10. And again, uh, if you don't have your Bible, just, just listen as I read. Starting, okay, chapter 11, verse 8. By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to a place that he was to receive as an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. By faith, he went to live in the land of promise as in a foreign land, living in tents with Isaac and Jacob, heirs with him of the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city that has found uh, that has foundations, whose designer and builder is God. The Lord asked Abraham to leave behind his country, his people, and his family. Everything he knew and held dear, he had to leave behind to follow the Lord. By the way, Sarah did too. According to Genesis 20:12, this was also her country, her people, and her family. She chose to submit and follow her husband's lead as he followed the Lord's call. Abraham answered God's call to go, even though he had no idea where he was going. God kept his promise and led Abraham to the place where he called him to go. God may or may not call us to leave everything we know and love behind for him, but following the Lord will always cost us something. When I was studying Genesis 12.1, I came across John Calvin's interpretation of what God is saying when he says to Abraham, go. I'm going to use my name when I read this, but you can say it back to yourself with your own name. He wrote, Elizabeth, close your eyes. Give yourself wholly to me. God's people walk by faith, not by sight. Not seeing, we see. We keep our eyes fixed upon him and his promises, which have never failed. Never, ever failed. Going when God calls is easier said than done. Often, when the Lord calls us to step out in faith and follow him like Abraham, he doesn't tell us where we are going or how we're going to get there. 
I'll use a very recent example from my own life and confess to you right now that I almost chickened out of starting this podcast. Seriously. Okay, my plan was just to record myself reading the Bible for my kids, not to create a podcast to share with literally the world. Within an hour of sharing the idea I had out loud with my daughter over Christmas break, it went from recording myself reading to recording some sort of informational podcast. My husband even went out and bought me a microphone that very morning. The next day, I woke up in the middle of the night with this rush of ideas. It's difficult to describe because nothing like that has ever happened to me before. The following morning, my daughter created the cover art with the Bible and the name of my podcast on it. And so I, I was thinking about it and I decided that I would post the first episode on New Year's Day, 2024. Well, on the evening of Saturday, December 30th, 2023, I was sitting at the dining room table as I often do. Suddenly, this feeling of panic completely overwhelmed me. I didn't feel like God was asking me to follow him into an unknown land. It was more like God was asking me to step off of a cliff, trusting that I would not fall. Doubt and fear swept over me fast and furious. Maybe it would be wise to wait. I only have one idea for one episode. Yeah, how can I possibly start a weekly podcast with one idea? I don't know what I'm doing and everyone is going to know it. I'm going to embarrass myself and I'm going to embarrass my family. What if no one listens? What if people do listen and they're put off by my voice? What if I say too much? What if I don't have enough to say? What if what I say doesn't make any sense? What if people don't like what I say? The list could go on and on. It was bad. I was spiraling. In that moment, I gave myself permission to hit the brakes. I mean, literally slam on the brakes. As I sat there, I said to myself, I can start whenever I want. It doesn't have to be on January 1st. I, I think I need more time to prepare. I'm just not ready yet. So what I decided to do was to spend the rest of that evening just working on my podcast description, kind of honing that in. So I logged into Spotify and decided to look at some examples from other podcasts. Well, when I clicked on the podcast and shows link, a podcast came up on the screen called the 20 something podcast. Here's where it gets crazy. Before I started this podcast, I had never listened to a podcast ever on Spotify. I only used Apple Podcasts. I'm not a 20-something, and I've never listened to that sort of podcast, so there's no reason that podcast should have popped up on my screen. But God. I think this is going to blow your mind. It certainly blew my mind. The title of the episode of the podcast that popped up on my screen was Start Before You Are Ready. It actually just makes me emotional thinking about it right now. As you can imagine, I sat there stunned. 
The Lord got my attention, and he could not have been more clear. But I just sat there staring at the words, Start before you're ready. I slipped my headphones on and listened as this young woman described all of the doubts and fears she had when she was preparing to start her own podcast. And not surprisingly, they were many of the same ones that were weighing on my mind. What made the difference for her was an article that she read about starting a podcast. The author encouraged his readers to start before they were ready. He said, you can never be 100% ready to put yourself out there like this. If you wait, you may never take the step. Desire is not enough. You have to start somewhere and accept the fact that it's not going to be perfect in the beginning. And it may never be perfect. But if you stick with it, you will learn and you will improve. So there I sat alone at the dining room table, tears streaming down my face. I turned the podcast off and I prayed. It felt like the Lord was saying to me, Elizabeth, have I ever given you reason to doubt me? I needed to look no further than Abraham. God not only promised to show him the land and make him a great nation, he promised that all of the nations of the earth would be blessed through his offspring. And he kept that promise because that offspring was none other than Jesus Christ. The Lord is a promise-keeping God. Through the good, the bad, and the ugly, the faithfulness and the faithlessness of his people, God kept the line of Abraham going for 2,000 years until the appointed time. Jesus is the fulfillment of God's promise to Abraham. If you read Abraham's story in Genesis, you know that he was not perfect. He needed a redeemer just like us. His offspring would be a blessing because he would provide for our greatest need. Forgiveness of sin and he would provide reconciliation with God. Jesus lived a sinless life in perfect obedience to the Father in our place. He died on the cross as our substitute, paying the penalty for our sin in our place. On the third day, he rose to life. When the Holy Spirit brought this to mind, I began to pray. Oh, Lord God, please forgive me. Help my unbelief. You are Almighty God, creator of the heavens and the earth. Nothing is too hard for you. I do not know what I'm doing or where you are leading me, Lord, but I do know that you called me to do this. I also know that you are with me. You promised that you would never leave me and never forsake me. You are good, God, and you have always had my good in mind. So... God, I'm all in. Wherever you lead, I will follow. I trust you. First thing the next morning, I took that step off of the cliff. I created a Facebook page for the podcast and I shared it with all of my friends and family on Instagram and on Facebook. Here I am, six weeks later, by the grace of God, recording my seventh episode. 
I still don't have it all planned out, but God has me right where he wants me, 100% dependent upon him every step of the way. I can't look down and I can't see how far I am from reaching the other side. I'm just keeping my eyes fixed on him, trusting that he will not let me fall into what I'm imagining to be a massive canyon below. But maybe the drop is not as far as I think it is. Only God knows. There are many examples of people in the Bible who answered God's call. I encourage you to select one person from Hebrews 11 this week. Use the cross-references in your Bible to help you find their story because if you have trusted in Jesus Christ by grace through faith, you have received the Holy Spirit who has given you gifts to use for the glory of God and for the good of others. 1 Corinthians 12, 4-7 says, Now there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are varieties of service, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who empowers them all in everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. Before Jesus ascended to the right hand of the Father, he commanded his disciples to go. Matthew 28, 18 through 20 says, And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. This wasn't just a command for the disciples who stood before Jesus that day. It's a command for all of his disciples from that day forward to go and share the truth of the gospel. What is the Lord calling you to do? Where is he calling you to go? How does he want to use your gifts for his honor and for his glory? If you are listening and you already know that God is calling you, I encourage you to step out in faith, whatever or wherever he is leading. Go, obey, trust him. He is worthy of your trust. I've heard it said that God doesn't call the equipped, he equips the called. And that has been true in my experience. He's called me to go and serve him in ways that I was not capable or qualified. But his ways are not our ways. He uses ordinary, broken vessels like us all the time. This should not deter but encourage and humble us because it is a reminder that God is working in and through us to accomplish his purposes for his kingdom. Can you believe that? If you don't know where God is calling you to serve, I'll give you the advice one of my entrepreneurship professors at the University of Maryland gave me. He said, find a need and fill it. If you are part of a local church, where is there a need? If you don't know, ask someone. Maybe they need greeters or people to help set up the chairs or make coffee. At one church I attended years ago, they had a comfort committee that provided meals for various reasons. 
Maybe your church needs volunteers to serve in the children's ministry. I will actually amend that and say, not maybe, but I'm sure that they do. Maybe they need help with cleaning or laundry. In my church, for example, after large events, there are often piles and piles of tablecloths downstairs in the laundry room. I have spent several afternoons washing and folding tablecloths. I promise you, as you begin to serve, if you don't know how God has gifted you, others will see your gifts and, God willing, encourage you in the right direction. Trust the Lord to provide opportunities for you to use them in His timing. And that is important because if we don't remember that, we can get discouraged. Know this. God has a plan and a purpose for all of his people, each one of us. One of my all-time favorite quotes is from Irma Bombeck. She said, When I stand before God at the end of my life, I would hope that I would not have a single bit of talent left and could say, I used everything you gave me. When God calls, go. Do it for an audience of one. Go for his honor and his glory. Then be prepared for all that you will learn, not just about yourself, but about him. Aside from his word, nothing has helped me to grow in my love for the Lord quite as much as serving him. The hardest part is taking that first step. You might have to go before you know, or go before you're ready, but you can trust him. God has never failed, not once, and he will not start now. Thank you so much for listening today. Join me next time as we continue to engage the word together. To God be the glory. Go.